0: Thanks for checking out the Lakeshore Podcast. If this is your first time listening with us, we want you to know God loves you. We want for your hope in Jesus to be renewed and for your faith to come to life. Wherever you are joining us from, we hope this message encourages you. Can you bring the Bible with you? Come on, let's hold them up and let's do the Bible declaration. Don't let this just become religious, rote, routine. Mean it from your heart, because I do. I mean it from my heart. Every time we say this, let's hold them up. Let's sit together. Ready? Read. This is my Bible. It is God's word written to me. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can have what it says I can have. So I receive it as truth for my life today and open my heart to hear God speak a word and fill me with the Holy Spirit so that my life will be changed forever. In Jesus' name, amen. God wants you well. Amen? God cares about every area of your life. There isn't an area of your life that he doesn't care about. If you've memorized 3 John 2, good for you. That's my heart. I hope you do. Before we're done, we got a couple more sessions of this, but I really hope you do. Third John 2 in the New King James says this, "Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health, just as your soul prospers." That is a loaded potato. I mean, it's just got goodness in there. Every other word, just so powerful. Beloved, that is a word that is limited to the people of God. It's the same word that Father God spoke over Jesus when he was baptized in the water by John. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. I don't know if you realize this or not, but you're God's beloved. Beloved, he says, I'm praying that you prosper in all things. Prosper. Remember, we're not just talking about money. However, biblical prosperity includes money. It's all over the Bible. The love of money is the root of all kinds of evil, not money. That's in the Bible. Amen. Okay, so when he says, I pray that you prosper, remember, a little recap, the word prosper means to do well on your journey in life. Euadao, E-U means well, and hodos, H-O-D-O-S, that means a road traveled, a highway, or a path. It's two Greek words made up of one, and it means to do well in your path of life. Doesn't that make sense? Don't you want that for your kids? For your grandkids? That's what God wants for his kids. Pray that you prosper, not just in church stuff. Oh, you're not supposed to say that. You're a pastor. No, no, listen. I pray that you prosper in all things your family, your career, your retirement, your kids, your grandkids, whatever your heart directs you to do in the Lord, prosper in that. All things. And notice he says, and be in health. Now that word health absolutely is talking about your physical health, but it's not limited to that. It's a word that means soundness. It means to be sound in all aspects of your life. Hugiano, to be healthy in life. Watch this. This is, this is so powerful. You be healthy in body and in life just as now i'm going to i'm going to substitute words for those two words just as i pray that you prosper in all things to be in health even as much or at the same level as you do well in your soul that's important we catch that because the wellness in your life flows from the wellness that's taking place in your soul. If you have a, an unhealthy soul, your mind, your will, your emotions and really the Bible, soul and spirit are intertwined. I mean they're inseparable. So if, if we're not healthy on the inside, the way we think, and how we think, and what we think on, and we're not healthy in our emotions, and we're not healthy with what's going on, I guarantee you, uh, you believe me 100%, it, it will bring unhealthiness to areas of your life out here. It just does. God invented wellness, and he knows that it flows from this well on the inside. This is why I keep and forever will, and Lakeshore does and forever will, continue to encourage you to invest time reading your Bible and praying and spending time with God. There is no wellness apart from that church. You can come to church a couple times a week or a couple times a month. You can go to church your whole life, come to services, and you'll get some, but you just won't flourish in wellness If you don't make a decision, I'm a Christian. And at some point I got to read my Bible. (laughs) I'm being funny, but you just got to come to that place for your benefit, right? So this is our theme verse. And it's so powerful that we realize that wellness starts with God. Wellness flows from the well of salvation. And so we need to learn how to access that well in the word and in the Holy Spirit pumping on that well of the word and the Holy Spirit. And last week, real important, we talked about the purpose of wellness. It's not just so that I could be blessed. It's not just so that I could have a nice house. It's not just so that I can have a nice travel trailer. It's not just so that I can wear designer clothes. It's not just all about me. There's a divine God-given purpose to wellness for God's children. And we talked about that last week. Number one is to show God's love for his children. Number two, it's to confirm God's faithfulness to his covenant promises through Jesus. So if you missed that, get it. It's on the podcast and it's on Facebook. And the third thing was to advance kingdom work. Amen. A true Christian who's learning and growing in the things of God begins to perceive and understand that that we belong to a kingdom. It's called the kingdom of heaven on earth. Jesus brought it. We live in it spiritually spiritually. And, and part of our mission is to work, to advance, to partner with Jesus so that he could advance the kingdom of God in the earth. Amen? That's part of the purpose of wellness. So if you missed that, get the podcast today's message quickly. The, the title of the message is Protecting the Purpose of Wellness. Protecting the Purpose of Wellness wellness belongs to you already. You realize that it's a gift from God. And, and it is a bit of a spiritual struggle and a fight to begin to pump on that well of the word and the spirit so that we begin to flow in the wellness of God. It's a spiritual fight to get that flowing, but it will flow. Once you start pumping that wealth of salvation of God's Word, and it's going to begin to flow. You're going to come up in the wellness of God. And, and as you're coming up in the wellness of God, you've got to hear this, church. The wellness belongs to you, but you've got an enemy who's going to do everything he can to rip you off. I mean, he's, he's no holds barred. He's going to do whatever he can to rip you off. So we have to understand about protecting not just wellness, the purpose of wellness. Remember the purpose of wellness. So we have to protect that. And so I want to show you some things that the Lord has showed me over the years, starting in Deuteronomy chapter 8. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. If you have a Bible or you have a Bible app, open it up to Deuteronomy chapter 8. Now, I'm gonna just say this: after reading this. I only listed verses 11 through 20 on the screen, but I'm going to start in verse 1, and I'm going to just read Deuteronomy chapter 8, and then when we get to verse 11, we'll put those words on the screen. But it's just too good to just not mention it. I'm not going to go, like, deep and take a lot of time. I'm just going to read it so that you can hear what's being said in Deuteronomy. Let me just fast forward and help you to understand. These are the children of Israel who made it through the wilderness after 40 years of going in the wilderness from 20 years old and older. These are the people that God is speaking to through Moses. The other generation that was faithless and didn't trust God, those died off in the wilderness. These are a new generation. And Moses is reminding them of God's faithfulness in the wilderness. And then... Moses warns them to protect the purpose of wellness once the wellness of God starts to flow in the promised land of Canaan. Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 1. I'm reading. Listen to this, okay? If you're with me, say amen. Deuteronomy chapter 8. Don't know if you've ever read this, but it's some good reading. I'm going to tell you right now. If you got a pen or a highlighter, get ready. Every commandment which I command you today, you must be careful to observe that you may live and multiply and go in and possess the land of which the Lord swore to your fathers. It's worth mentioning again, God promised them the promised land. Yes or no? So was it God's will for them to have the promised land? Yes or no? But this says that they need to go in and possess it. So even though God promised it, and even though it was God's will, they still had to go in and seize it and possess it and lay hold of it. Verse 2, and you shall remember that the Lord your God led you all the way these 40 years in the wilderness to humble you and test you, to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or his word or not. So he humbled you. He allowed you to hunger and fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know that he might make you know that man shall not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. If you don't know this, you can make a note there, but that's also in Matthew 4, 4. Jesus referred to this verse over in Matthew 4, 4. He said, your garments did not wear out on you. Nor did your foot swell these 40 years. You know what that means? That means, ladies, you only had one pair of shoes for 40 years. Can you imagine that? Holy smokes. <laughs> Verse 5. You should know in your heart that as a man chastens his son, so the Lord your God chastens you. That means it brings loving correction. Therefore, you should keep the commandments of the Lord your God to walk in his ways and to fear him. Fear means to reverence. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, a land of brooks of water, of fountains and springs, that flows out of valleys and hills, a land of wheat and barley, of vines and fig trees and pomegranates, A land of olive oil and honey, a land in which you will eat bread without scarcity, in which you will lack nothing, a land whose stones are iron and out of whose heels you can dig copper. Now, I want you to realize God's speaking to adults who grew up in Egypt under slavery. Some of them, possibly, if they had kids in the wilderness, they didn't even know that they'd grew up under slavery experientially. But God's trying to help them to understand this land that I'm taking you, we'll call it the land of wellness, is way different than where you came from in slavery, in bondage, in lack, in scarcity. You weren't able to worship me freely. You're under servitude by Egyptians. You were enslaved. This says, all going to be different once you get into this new land. Verse 10, we're taking a turn. When, not if, when you have eaten and are full, then you shall bless the Lord your God for the good land which he has given you. Somebody say, Amen. Verse 11 Beware, underline that, highlight that, sir. Beware that you do not forget the Lord your God. By not keeping his commandments, his judgments, and his statutes, which I command you today. Now, let me just say this. For us today, that would be his word. That would would be his truth. The whole entirety of the Bible. Walk in truth. Don't forget that. Verse 12. Lest when you have eaten and are full, and have built beautiful houses, and dwell in them, And when your herds and your flocks multiply, anybody have any herds and flocks? Probably not. But he's talking about increasing your life. If you don't have herds and flocks, maybe you have income. Maybe you have a business. Okay? Maybe you grow a garden that you eat from. When your stuff begins to multiply, notice, and your silver and your gold are multiplied... That's your money. And all that you have is multiplied. Y'all have a lot of stuff. I know we do. Anybody have a shed or a garage? You been in it lately? Got a lot of stuff. It's all multiplied. Look at verse 14. When your heart is lifted up and you forget the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. Pause for us, that's when we were not saved. We were in the house of bondage to the devil, to sin, to the wicked one. He brought us out. Amen. Amen. Who led you through that great and terrible wilderness in which were fiery serpents and scorpions and thirsty land where there is no water. So they, they had to tend with With real like reptiles out there in the desert. Scorpions and snakes and so on and so forth. Says there was no water in the desert. By the way, God brought water for you out of that flinty rock. By the way, that's symbolic of Christ, our ultimate rock. Verse 16. God fed you in the wilderness with manna. Ever hear of manna? Angel's food cake. Do you know what? manna literally means some of you might know. If you look it up in the Hebrew, it literally means what is it? They saw and they're like, what is it? They'd never seen it before. They never seen it again after. It was angel's food cake. The real deal. Notice, which your fathers did not know that he might humble you and that he might test you to do you good in the end. Notice verse 17. Then you say in your heart, my power and the might of my hand have gained me this wealth. And you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth. That he may establish his covenant, which he swore to your fathers as it is this day. Well, to them, it was the covenant of going into the promised land. For us, it's the covenant, whole covenant, W-H-O-L-E, that comes through Jesus Christ. You know that you inherited a covenant through Jesus Christ. Read, read Ephesians chapter 1. It's just so powerful. It says that you've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places God chose you before the foundation of the world. He adopted you. He made you to live to the praise of his glory. He sealed you with his Holy Spirit. He gives you wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of his son so that you can know the hope of your calling. He made you alive. He raised you up together. He made you to sit together in heavenly places. You're saved by grace. Uh, it's through faith. It's not of works. You are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. I mean, you have been so richly blessed in Christ. Then it shall be, it says in verse 19, if you by any means forget the Lord your God and follow other gods and serve them and worship them, I testify against you this day that you shall surely perish. Now, they had other gods in the land of Canaan. There was all kinds of other gods. Worship gods, deities, For us, we wouldn't probably worship other gods, but we have to be careful that we don't let other things become gods and rival in our hearts for the one true God. So unfortunately, if you read the story of of God's people over and over, they forgot God and they kind of lived like this in the Old Testament. Some of you are very familiar with that. So just right now, I want to give you three keys to protecting the purpose of wellness. When, when God's wellness starts flowing in your life and, and you're prospering and things are increasing, I'm not saying life is perfect, but things are beginning to fall in a rhythm of grace and you're experiencing the goodness of God. You got to know, and the enemy wants to take you out from under God's wellness. And so we got to know how to protect it. Here's the first thing you got to do. You ready? Guard your heart. Come on, say it with me, church. Real simple. Guard your heart. Now, you know the word heart, he's not necessarily referring to the organ that is pumping in your chest. Okay? This word heart, it's interesting to find that it occurs over 1,000 times in the Bible. It's making it the most common anthropological term in the scripture. Anthropological meaning belonging to a human being, the heart. And the heart is used to describe a person's center for both physical and emotional, intellectual, and moral activities. It's the center of who you are, your thought processes, and where life comes from. Notice Deuteronomy 8, 11. I want to go back to that, talking about guarding your heart, if you're going to learn to protect the purpose of wellness. God says, beware that you do not forget the Lord your God By not keeping his commandments, his judgments, and his statutes, which I command you today. In other words, by not keeping God's words. By not living and ordering your life according to God's words. So, the first place that God's truth, God's word, begins to slip is in the heart. It's in the heart. That's the first place it begins to slip. I want to show you something uh, from one of the wisest, the second wisest man that has ever lived, according to the Bible, King Solomon. Proverbs chapter 4, verses 20 through 23. Remember, we're talking about guarding your heart. King Solomon was King David's son. And, and God says there's been nobody wiser than King Solomon except for King Jesus. Can somebody say amen? Amen. So Solomon is speaking to his kids, and he's trying to pass on some nuggets of wisdom that he received from King David. By the way, just so we remember, God said that King David was a man after his own heart. King David sinned, King David wasn't perfect, but God through his mercy and his grace still identifies King David as a man after God's own heart. There's hope for all of us, amen? Okay, so Solomon's going to pass on some words of wisdom that he got from his daddy that I believe that daddy got from God and it's been passed down. Notice verse uh, 20 in Proverbs 4, King Solomon says, my son, give attention to my words, incline your ear to my sayings, do not let my words depart from your eyes, notice this phrase, keep them. In the midst of your heart. Keep what in the midst of your heart? Anybody know the answer? The words. He's saying, keep my words that I'm speaking to you, son, in the midst of your heart. Why? For or because they, my words, are life. To everyone who says they're a Christian. Is that what it says? says their life to those who find them. And notice this part, health to all their flesh. You could say their whole life. He's saying, son, the words that I'm sharing with you, if you'll guard your heart and guard these words and you go after them and you find them and you keep them, they're going to be a benefit to your whole life, son. Don't let the words that I'm sharing with you slip out of your heart. Look at verse 23. He says, keep your heart with all diligence for out of it, your heart spring the issues of life. So our lives flow from our hearts. Whatever is going on in there, it comes out on the outside of here. This is, this is what's happening deep on the inside. And he's trying to get him to understand And I believe God would try to get us to understand that we have to guard the words of God in our heart because that's the first place the enemy is going to go to try to snatch up the truth from your life. He, He hasn't changed, by the way. This is the oldest trick in the book. Do you remember in Genesis, Adam and Eve? How many of you agree that they lived in wellness? Paradise, right? God provided everything. He blessed them. He gave it to them. He said, tend to it. I'm going to give you the ability to tend for it. Every tree of the garden you can eat, except this one. It's got food to eat. you're, You're in wellness. And then the enemy comes in. And if we read the story correctly, the very first thing the enemy went after was the truth that was tucked away in their heart. It's The first thing he did, he tried to get them to doubt the truth that God spoke that was in their heart. And the Bible tells us the more that Eve listened to that serpent who was the devil, the more her heart began to open up to his lies and his deception. And one thing led to another. She let go of the truth that was in her heart. When she saw, when she saw that that tree would make her wise, when she saw, I can live a little bit autonomously from God. I, I, I can live my way. I think I can do it without God. When she saw that the Bible says she ate, she offered it to her husband. By the way, he messed up. He was a spiritual leader. He should have cut that thing off at the, at the root right there. But he didn't. Something happened. And when they ate, the Bible says that the wellness that they were in, they got kicked out. Do you remember that? You know, I'm just kind of I'm I'm condensing a little bit, but that's exactly what happened. They got kicked out of the garden. They died. They got separated from God. And so very, very first thing that you and I have to understand, if we're going to guard the purpose of wellness, we have to guard the truth that's in our heart. This is why I spent so much time a couple of weeks ago convincing us that wellness flows from the word and from the spirit. The more that we we pump on the Word and the Spirit, the more our hearts are like a well, and they're just like a reservoir, and the Word and the Word, it just gets the truth of God's Word becomes centered to our life. It's here on the inside of you. So you have to be willing to, to be diligent to guard your heart. So if you want to protect the purpose of wellness, you have to ask yourself, am I guarding my heart? Am I making a decision to to lay hold of the truth and keep it as my own possession because it brings blessing. It brings wellness. It's beneficial to my whole life. Why, why do you say that? Well, I mentioned in Deuteronomy and, and in Matthew 4, 4, Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but man shall live by what? Every word that comes from the mouth of, of God. When we listen, when we hear, when we read, when we meditate, when we memorize the words of God, the truth of God, where does it get lodged? It gets lodged in our heart. And so you have to be person who's going to guard your heart. Can you say amen? Number two, this is important. Guard your words. Come on, say it with me. Guard your words. Notice Deuteronomy 8:17. Wow, this is a powerful, powerful verse. Look at so if you don't guard your heart, notice what happens. Then you say in your heart, my power and the might of my hand have gained me this wealth. Did Did you see that? I don't know everything. I don't know a lot. But I, I've, I've, I've been in the ministry for a long time. And God's still working on me. But one thing that I've learned is that everything we have has come from God. And I have to protect that. One of the common areas of attack that I see in the church For example, someone needs prayer for a new job or a better job or a career shift, maybe more benefits, maybe better pay, and we're praying and we're encouraging and we're standing in faith and we're believing God for that to happen, and then guess what happens? You know, God comes through, got a new job, better benefits, better pay, off on the weekends, doing better, thank God, amen. But now they're so blessed, they don't have time to come to service anymore because they're just tired or they got too many things going on with work during the week. Now, don't misunderstand me. I love you, but that's dangerous because when that starts to happen, something is going on in the heart Things are slipping. You may not verbalize it with your mouth yet, but in your heart you're saying, I deserve a day off. I don't need to go to service today. It's my day to just chill. It's my day to just catch my breath. It's my day to just kind of get some things done around the house. And we forget. We needed a better job. We needed more benefits. We needed a higher pay. And we prayed and the Lord brought that. Now now we're doing better. But somewhere along the line, things slipped. And now when going to services and going to connect group and gathering with God's people and spending time in the word and fellowship, when that was important to me at that time, now it's not so important because I got other things that I want to do now. This is a common area. The enemy likes to attack. So I'm just saying, there, there are things that get spoken in our heart. And if we're not guarding our heart, they begin to come out of our mouths. And then we're way off track. And the purpose of wellness is not being protected. And little by little, the enemy begins to pick us off. And we don't even realize it sometimes. In Matthew 12:34, the back half, Jesus said this, For out of the abundance of the heart... The mouth speaks. So whatever's going on in your heart is gonna come out of your mouth. And and if you listen to yourself, you can get a good indicator of what's going on deep down on in your heart. Proverbs 424, where he says, Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. In another version, it says, Don't bend the truth or say things that you know are not right. That's what it means. Be, be careful. Don't, don't get off track in your heart because then they'll begin to come out of your mouth. Do away with any talk that twists and distorts the truth. Protect the word and protect the truth in your heart. If you'll do that, you'll begin to speak words that are life-giving words. Remember, the Bible says death and life are in the power of the tongue right? So we have to guard our heart. And when we guard our hearts, our words will be guarded, but we have to make a conscious decision to guard what we say and guard our words. Let me give you a real practical example, another one. Let's say you have a relationship, you're married. I want to speak to married people for just a second. Um, you like to invest time with your spouse and you, you hold that as an important important part of your relationship. It's fruitful. It's beneficial. And then all of a sudden, things begin to wane. You begin to be a little more excited about your hobbies. You know, fly fishing or riding a bike or playing a guitar. Things that we like to do. Things that fill our tank, guys. There's things that fill our tank. But all of a sudden, that began to take a little more precedence than maybe spending time with our spouses on a date night. And maybe taking a little more time to slow down and converse and get to know one another. And when, when that begins to slip, that's an indicator that something's going on. And we're not guarding that relationship in our heart. And, and it, it's, a, it's a great relationship. But if we don't guard that relationship and we let things begin to slip, we may not verbally say anything to our spouse at the beginning. But if we let things slip and we begin to invest all of our time over here, instead of investing time over here in this relationship, little by little by little, the enemy gets in there. And then the things that we're thinking in our heart that are pulling us away from this and helping us to invest more time over here unbalanced. Then one day we're having maybe an intense fellowship. Come on spouses. You ever have those before? Intense fellowship. And then all of a sudden, Something comes out of your mouth that you didn't mean to say. Well, I don't think I want to do date Nights anymore because that really doesn't help us. All we do is wasting our time on date nights. I would never say that. I've never said that. I'm just giving you an example. That doesn't just pop out of your mouth. It started in your heart. And so guarding your heart is connected to guarding your mouth. But if you don't guard your heart, Eventually, what's going on there is going to come out of your mouth. And it's the same way in our relationship with the Lord. We may not say it, but it's going on on the inside of there. And then all of a sudden, one day, you didn't plan it. You just say it. Oh, come on. Church service isn't that important. Connect group isn't important. Worshiping God isn't that important. Look at me. I'm doing pretty good. But we forgot that you're doing pretty good is because when you needed him, you prayed and he answered your prayer and now he's blessed you, but things are slipping. It happens, church. So I'm just trying to speak the word in a loving way. We have to guard our heart. We have to guard our mouths. Here's the third thing we've got to do real quick. Guard your allegiance. Guard your allegiance. Do you know what allegiance means? And let me go out on the limb here, okay? This might sound non-American, I'm American and I believe in our flag and our country. But our allegiance to God comes before our allegiance to our country. I pledge allegiance to God and the Lord Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit and his written word in my life before I pledge allegiance to the flag. It doesn't mean I'm not... American, don't, don't take that out of context. I'm just saying, church, we got to be careful that we don't begin to worship our government and the United States of America. We don't worship the flag. We have to guard our allegiance. Notice what it says in verse 18 and 19, Deuteronomy 8. This is so powerful. And you shall remember the Lord your God For it is he who gives you power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant which he swore to your fathers as it is this day. Then it shall be if you by any means forget the Lord your God and follow other gods and serve them and worship them, I testify against you that this day you shall surely perish. Pastor Robert, I would never worship another God, not a deity, maybe a hobby, maybe recreation, maybe a career, maybe money, maybe stuff. All of those things are vying for your allegiance and for mine. And the enemy will use those to break your allegiance to God. Amen. So the very first thing, if we want to protect the purpose of wellness is we have to guard our heart. And then with that, we have to guard our mouth and the words that we say. And then we just have to draw a line in the sand. We have to guard our allegiance to God. Amen. Who do we worship church? We worship God. As we're closing, I just want to share some things that we could possibly look at. Or maybe some questions we can ask ourselves to determine how well I might be doing at guarding and protecting the purpose of wellness. As we're closing, just think think about these. Are there areas of wellness in my life, health, exercise, family fun, recreation, prosperity, areas of financial gain or potential progress that have taken a greater place in my life? over God are there areas in my life that have taken a greater place in my life over God very very possibly that they haven't you're here amen God is so glad that you're here but that doesn't mean that we shouldn't search and just to make sure there's nothing trying to invade our heart and take the place of God little by little here's another question Are there areas of kingdom advancement? I'm not looking at anybody. I'm talking to myself. Am I tithing? Am I giving anything of finance to the kingdom of God? Am I volunteering my time for the advancement of the kingdom of God? Am I regular in my attendance on the gathering of God's family for services? Or... Am I procrastinating about stepping out in these areas because I just want to keep all that stuff to me? These are questions that are matters of the heart. Nobody's monitoring that over your life. I certainly am not. But these are areas that I have to monitor over my own life and over my own heart so that things don't slip, so that my relationship with God doesn't slip so that I'm always and eternally grateful. Thanksgiving isn't once a year. Thanksgiving is part of our life. Amen. We're grateful for God, and we want to protect the purpose of wellness. Have you been blessed by the word today, church? Come on, stand up to your feet, and let's pray. Father, we thank you for wellness. We thank you that you care about every area of our life. We thank you that it's your desire for us to have success in every area of our life. Father, we realize that life isn't perfect. You've promised to walk with us through the fire. You've promised to provide when things look bleak. You've promised to bring healing and restoration when it looks impossible. Lord, you're our God. You're our hope. You're our life. We look to you today, God, and we thank you for all of the blessings. We thank you for our jobs. We thank you for our cars. We thank you for our clothes on our back, for the food on our table. Father, we thank you for all of the many things that we have that we don't really need, but we enjoy them. You're such a good God. Holy Spirit, help us to guard our hearts. Help us to guard our words. And most of all, help us to guard our allegiance to Father God. We love you and we honor you. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe. And check out our podcast channel for more messages. If you like what you're hearing, share it with your friends. For more content from Lakeshore and information on services, check us out at lakeshorecf.com.